This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Arsenal Daily Transfer Show, our 8 a.m. show, in which we give you guys all the latest information and keep you guys up to date with what's been going on around the Arsenal world of transfers. We get your thoughts and your feelings too in the chat box as well. Good morning. I hope you are well. I hope you are good. Uh, brand new week starts with some interesting Euro 2020 results to talk about as well, with Belgium progressing past Portugal thanks to a sole goal from the only man from the Belgian squad who I put in my fantasy team this week, Torgan Hazard, and then along with the Netherlands getting chucked out, of which I had no players in my fantasy team. However, keeping that wild card for the quarterfinal was definitely a good decision after seeing the Netherlands get kicked out and having four of their squad in my team. So thank God for that. Anyway, we move on to talking about Arsenal's transfers. And whilst it was a relatively quiet day in general for Arsenal transfers, there was a new story and we have a new player to talk about and we'll come on to that in a little bit. But we like to kick off, of course, with the rumours of the players that are leaving the club. And before we do, please make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel. If you're new around here with those notifications turned off, so you off, on, definitely turn them on so you never miss a show. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Let's start off with Hector Bellerin and the rumours from Dimazio that Inter Milan are interested in a loan with a option to buy. The worst possible deal that any selling club can have. Um it just frustrates me when you see any of your players linked with a move of a loan with an option because it's just it doesn't benefit the selling club in any way. You have a player who goes out on loan, you don't extend their contract, they lose a year of that, they don't necessarily gain much value. And if they do gain any value, it doesn't matter because Inter Milan can just activate the option. And uh, it's really, really frustrating to see that um, from our perspective. Now, fingers crossed Arsenal don't really... Uh, kind of go into that too much and they don't allow Inter Milan to dictate that kind of deal for them because it wouldn't make any sense for Arsenal to do that and you would hope that Arsenal would turn around and say look no we're not interested in that you either pay the fee or it's a loan with an obligation to buy they're the only two kind of deals that I'd be looking at but that's the rumours coming out 
um, of this or from this morning regarding Hector Bellerin and that obviously we do know, and we have talked about the fact that other Spanish clubs like Villarreal, Sevilla, Atletico Madrid are all interested in him once again. Let's go on to our next story revolves around Matteo Genduzzi. Now, Tribal Football, uh, who are a site which produced a lot of football news, tweeted out and published a story around uh, Genduzzi possibly getting a new contract. Now, this is not meaning anything supposedly around him staying at the club further. It's about protecting his value. It's the same kind of situation we found ourselves in with Eddie and Ketia. You may have seen a couple of weeks ago that The Athletic reported that Arsenal were interested in offering Eddie and Ketia a new deal, and they had done so. That hasn't been accepted so far, whether it's been completely rejected or just left on the table for now, we're not aware of. But Eddie and Ketia had had a deal offered to him, which has been so far reported nothing about an accepted kind of contract or a rejection. But the club are open to selling him with just the one year. So you'd imagine it was probably rejected based upon those assumptions. And I imagine it's a very similar situation for Genduzi. Year left on his deal, they've offered him a new contract. There were some rumours that there was supposedly meant to be an option on his current contract, but that hasn't been officially confirmed by any real uh, proper outlet so far. And so this contract story makes sense because it's happened already with Eddie and Ketia. Whether there's any truth in it, we'll have to wait and see. If he signs that contract, that there is an extension offer, if it turns out to be true, I'd be very, very surprised considering the situation that he's found himself in. According to Fab, he wants to move off to uh, Marseille. Uh, and Marseille are interested in getting a deal done. Arsenal are looking for a figure around 15 million euros. Olympic Marseille want to pay around 10 million euros. So it's about trying to find that kind of middle ground and, and whether or not there is a middle ground to be found. But rumours that a new contract has been offered are out there. Very interesting. Let's move on to Granit Xhaka and what he has been saying. You've probably seen these quotes yesterday when asked about his situation. He said, Arsenal know what I want to do. It is a very beautiful <laughs> in Roman. I mean, I found it very amusing, and I agree with Harry Simeu and his tweet that he put out yesterday, that I found it very amusing at the amount of people that have spent basically most of Granit Xhaka's time at Arsenal giving him abuse, criticising him, and then criticising these comments. And they're not even like... He's going. Like we, we know he's going, and he's being asked on it every single week. He was coy about it at the start of the Euros. It's not happened. He's probably massively frustrated about it not happening. Um, I don't particularly like the comments. I don't agree with them saying the comments. I understand why he said the comments, the same as why I understood Saliba's frustration as well. But uh, he's going, and I can't really see why there is so much fuss over a player that we know is going to go saying that Arsenal know what I want to do, which is clearly to leave. And that's, you know, that's fine. That's <laughs> appreciate the openness and the honesty about it, to be honest. And uh, after everything that he's suffered in regards to the abuse that he's had to deal with, I'm not surprised that he wants to go. So uh, best of luck to him. Uh, I hope he has a great time in Roma and I hope Arsenal can get a lot of money uh, for this deal as much as feasibly possible, actually. That would be the ideal situation. Uh, let's move on to the possible ins. And as we talked about on several shows, despite all of the talk from the supposed ITKs, Arsenal have absolutely no kind of movement for Eduardo Camavinga. There's not even been any talks uh, between Wren and Arsenal. Arsenal's central midfield targets are very much other positions, uh, right? Other positions, other like uh, case files such as Basuma, such as Ruben Neves, these types of players. They are not interested in, in, in trying to battle for Camavinga. Manchester United, on the other hand, very much look to be one of those teams that are going for him, which is a real shame from an Arsenal perspective. I hope they don't get him because he's an amazing player. His priority is supposedly PSG. 
And if that deal gets done, that'd be great for them. Um, but no interest, no talks, none whatsoever from Arsenal, putting a lot of people in the mud, those reports, which was fantastic to see. Uh, let's move on to Denzel Dumfries. Now, there's not been any specific links, but I wanted to linger on the Dumfries argument because a lot of people have been talking about Dumfries um, basically because of his performances at Euro 2020. Arsenal are in need of a right back. And <laughs> a lot of people have suggested Arsenal should go for Dumfries. Now, if you've not seen Dumfries beyond this Euros, I would implore you to go and watch him. Uh, or to go and watch some like breakdowns or some analysis or just some like, uh, yeah, you get dedicated analysis videos on these players. So go and have a look, go and have a look at the statistics. In fact, why don't I show you some of the statistics? Because I put a tweet out uh, a few days ago, which got a little bit of stick. And I said that I wouldn't take him over Callum Chambers at this point. And if Arsenal, and I want Arsenal to go out and buy a right back that's better than Callum Chambers. And I genuinely don't feel that what Denzel Dumfries is and does is any more than what Callum Chambers has given us. And just to, to prove that point, what I've done is I've collected the statistics from Denzel Dumfries just at the Euros, because let's face it, that's the period of time where he has impressed everyone and everyone's been calling for him based upon his time at the Euros and Callum Chambers' stats from the Premier League this season where he was playing at right back. And we're going to have a little look at how they compare. Now, if we have a look at their passing stats, there's a mini tactical breakdown for you between these two. Passing-wise, he passes more than double the amount that Dumfries does with a higher accuracy of over 14%. Long passes, does better long passing. Crosses, does better crosses. Uh, 3.89 crosses compared to Dumfries, 2.66, and with a 25.7% accuracy on those. More passes into the final third with more than 30% uh, passing accuracy on them. Uh, passes into the penalty area, 3.52 in compared to Dumfries, one6 uh, with 40.6%, uh, which is 9.4% lower, but he's passing it more than double the amount of times uh, Dumfries does into the box. Aerial duels, uh, he comes out on top with 52.8% of those being won, but Dumfries does get involved with 2.39 more. Uh, more than four interceptions, more than Dumfries per game. He loses the ball less. He wins the ball back more with his recoveries. In fact, he wins it back nearly three times the amount with those recoveries. He gets more defensive duels than Dumfries and wins more of them as well at 66.7%. In terms of dribbles, this is where Dumfries does come out on top here with more dribbles uh, and uh, a slightly less, ironically, higher success rate of those. He doesn't get into the box as much as Dumfries does. He's more your creator, as you saw, with the more crossing and the more passes into the penalty area. And he makes the exact same amount of progressive runs as Dumfries has done at Euro 2020. And we should add... The Euro, the Euro 2020, you've got Dumfries playing as a right wing back, uh, which is very, very interesting. So there you go. Um, just wanted to say, <laughs> from watching him, from watching Chambers, the eye test for me, even then I said Chambers was better. And then looking at the statistics, it goes to show that both the eye test and also looking at the stats, Chambers comes out on top quite significantly. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Dearing me. Um, anyway, moving on to the final story of the day. We talk about Nuno Tavares, or Tavares, uh, however we're going to pronounce that. I will begin to learn how we pronounce his name. Now, this is a completely new link, uh, which comes out of Portugal and has now been confirmed as well by Fabrizio Romano that Arsenal are very interested in going in for uh, the Benfica 21-year-old left-back. Uh, now, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Atlanta FC uh, on Atlanta AFC on Twitter. 
uh, who's at the moment, his handle on Twitter is football sucks unless France win the Euros. He sent me an, an excerpt from uh, Travella, uh, who are an account uh, basically in Portugal that cover Portuguese football. And they have a little excerpt on him. So I'm going to read you what he sent me. This is from Travella. He says he is a player with obvious shortcomings in placement. We have the impression that he sometimes plays without his head and that he has absences. But he remains a powerful left side and capable of dazzling, especially in the sector of the offensive third. It is not a sure value. It is not uh, kind of a, it's, it is complementary uh, of the player who can do the tricks and who can be brought to become a good player if he erases his faults that can be done because uh, he's still of a young age. So that was kind of a small excerpt. Now, we will obviously be doing a dedicated tactical breakdown show on Nuno Tavares. I'm going to get to work today. I'm getting some expert insight for you guys. That's probably going to be coming out a little bit later on this evening. We've got an Arsenal transfer podcast with three of the members at five o'clock today. So that'll be out. It'll probably do the tactical breakdown in between the um, in between the Euros matches uh, or after the second one. But I'm going to try and get that one out uh, for you guys as best as possible and we can get kind of more educated about who this guy is. Make some comparisons between him and Tini, Bertrand and Kalasinac is probably the best way to go and, and compare with those. But it's a really interesting link. The, the fee is supposedly around 8 million euros and the really interesting part of that, um, <laughs> the really interesting part of it is also the fact that um, Napoli are interested and usually what happens when Napoli are interested in an Arsenal player it means that Arsenal end up getting it we've seen it with Gabriel we've seen it with Pepe we've seen it with Tierney time after time whenever Arsenal are competing with Napoli for a player we must annoy the hell out of their supporters so there you go I think that he is a player that is quite flary and does a lot quite a lot going forwards but defensively from just 10, 10 minutes of looking at him looks a little bit uh, questionable defensively. So when we do the dedicated show and I'm able to actually go into a little bit more research into him and get the expert insight for you guys, then we'll be able to do a much better kind of analysis of the player and see if he's any good um, with, with that. So we will wait and see if that is indeed the case. We do now move on to the final part of today's show, which is getting your thoughts and feelings into the chat box. I'm just having a quick check that there's no news that's broken whilst we've been talking. Uh, if there is anything that you've noticed, do let us know in the chat box. Because what usually happens is we see uh, Arsenal getting linked to players. Oh, and there you go. Uh, according to Calcio Mercato, Arsenal are preparing a 34 million euro bid for Andrea Bellotti. Uh, the Italian striker's contract runs out next summer. Obviously, Bellotti, Arsenal were linked to a few years ago, actually, when he was kind of up and coming at Torino. And now we're seeing that price significantly lower. He is 27 years of age. Let's have a look at how many goals he scored this season. He obviously has played at the Euros and was called up to the Italian national side. This season for Torino, who didn't have a very good season at all, he scored 13 goals and got seven assists, which is 20 goal contributions in 35 games, which is not too bad. If any of those links start to increase, then I'll try and get you guys a dedicated uh, tactical breakdown out on him as well. So interesting ones. Uh, tweeted uh, The Athletic. I uh, tweeted another story. Here we go. Uh, Madison Unlikely. Mulder and Gutierrez on the radar. Wow, this is so much news breaking uh, <laughs> whenever I try and do a show. Who are these guys? Uh, let's try to type this in. Mulder. Uh, an alternative potential target for Arsenal uh, is another Sassuolo player in Turkey, international Met, Mulder. Arsenal have monitored his development for a year and his name will be considered 
for the fullback pos uh, positions. Okay, let's have a look at Mulder uh, and what he's about. Because I, I can't say I know anything about him whatsoever. He's a right back, 22-year-old, uh, Turkish-Austrian. Uh, let's have a look and scroll down. He has got one assist in 28 games, which means nothing. He's a right back. I mean, we can have a quick look on Scout and have a look at some of his uh, defensive statistics and see how he uh, stacks up to some of the other players that we've been looking at. And obviously, if these links persist, I'm going to have to do another uh, tactical break breakdown on another player it's gonna get busy this week it's all right we appreciate we get more content to talk to you guys about so let's not complain uh let's just zoom out uh a little bit here and get the defensive statistics do you want to see these guys i should probably show them to you shouldn't i let's throw this up on the screen so you guys can see it share screen let's go on to y scout so i can show you the statistics chrome tab platform there we go Okay, so we're on these Mulder stats now. It's going to be quite small. This is why I do different uh, graphics for you guys so you can see them a lot easier. If I just zoom in, these are the general stats. Let's go on to his defensive stats and have a look at how he's getting on. Uh, 8.94 joules and winning 58.2% of that. That's pretty good. 5.56 interceptions is good. Uh, 10 losses to uh, 7.35 recoveries. Isn't that great? Let's have a look at his heat map quickly. Uh, he actually does quite a lot in the defensive third, so that will be something that Arteta likes. In fact, he's 22. Uh, let's have a look at his passing and see how he gets on with that. 81.5% uh, passing accuracy, five passes into the final third with 65.6% uh, passing accuracy. That's better than Dumfries, by the way. Uh, passes into the penalty area is about the same as Dumfries. 1.54, 44% accuracy, and uh, more than double the forward passes compared to backward passes. If we have a look at his dribbling, uh, 3.98 dribbles per match with a 52% uh, win rate on those dribbles. And most of the season he's played as a right back and sometimes as a right centre back. Wow, right centre back at times. Interesting. Um, that's new. Okay. And then there was one other, wasn't there? Who is the other? Uh, who is the other guy we've been into? Gutierrez. Who is this Gutierrez? Uh, while a decision on the new left back. Uh, Arsenal are monitoring Real Madrid's 19-year-old left-back Miguel Gutierrez. The academy product made his senior debut for Real in April and went on to make a further five first-team appearances before the end of the season. Gutierrez has been with Madrid since 2011. His contract is believed to contain a €40 million Euro release clause. However, Perez seemingly is intent on keeping Marcelo on the books and therefore Fernand Mendy's presence means that Gutierrez could be on his way out. So lots of interesting news uh, coming through uh, about left-backs and full-backs, and now obviously Tavares as well. Uh, is there anything about Tavares in this article? Um, nothing about Tavares in the Athletics article. So there you go. Interesting that there's been two new names suggested on this list. Um very, very interesting indeed. I'm seeing a picture of Dest sitting right there. Is there any mention of Dest? Uh, no, but for some reason he's in the picture. Uh, uh, oh, actually, no, sorry, I think that's Tyler Adams. Here it is. The Athletic have already reported Arsenal's interest in Tyler Adams. Although the American international who grew up in the Arsenal fan prefers to stay as a holding midfielder, the North London club seeing him as a right back. There is acceptance, however, that this deal would be difficult to do this summer. Adams will soon be reunited in Leipzig with his former New York Rebels coach, Jesse Marsh, and remains under a long-term contract. So the Tyler Adams situation does not seem to be very much something that we're going to be looking at um, because of his desire to play alongside Jesse Marsh. So there's a lot of news coming out that we didn't even end up covering in the main section because it's all dropped this morning, but we have covered that. Oh, anyway, let's go on to the main section of the show, which is 
getting your guys' thoughts and feelings in the chat box. So there could be a lot of tactical breakdowns coming out for you guys this week. Uh, Iron Cup says Mulder is not good enough to be our starting right back, in my opinion. Uh, yours says Renato now believe uh, being touted at 70 million euros is good, but that's a bit much. I think you mean, is that Renato Sanchez? I'm not surprised because he is he's shown to be very good this season. Uh, Ingar says, good morning, Tom. Hope you're well. Question, do you think Arsenal will sell Bellerin soon? What are the most likely players to be our number one right back? It's ironic because we were just talking a lot about that. Um, it seems to be Arsenal targeting a number of players um, and we're going to have to have a look into a lot more detail at them with dedicated shows. I'm going to get to work to that on today, so that'll be interesting to get all those done. If I was to pick, I mean, there are a lot out there. I like Zeki Celik a lot. I think that he had a really bad European Championship, but the last two years, you can't discredit what he's done for Lille in those last two years because he's been great and he played an awful, awful Turkey team. Um, so I'd be interested to see if that one is something that Arsenal do progress with. I'd like my priority is Max Aaron's, but I don't think Arsenal are going to end up going to get him. This is Alex. Says Tom, any news regarding Bertrand or Van Aanholt? The Bertrand situation looks dead, uh, completely and utterly gone. Leicester look like they are going to be sealing that. That came out this week, uh, or rather last week. Van Aanholt is one that supposedly the club have got kind of on the radar and are very much um, kind of open to the idea if they can't get any other deals done later on in the window if he's still a free agent. But he is a free agent. So I'd be surprised if he is still available at the end of the window. We will wait and see. But it seems that Arsenal are going for a number of kind of fullbacks uh, this summer with uh, Tavares and now Gutierrez as well of Real Madrid being linked too. Uh, Alan says, Tom, do you think Arsenal should go for a Premier League proven young player because we need the instant results in this season or go for young players outside of the Premier League and take a risk? Madison and Basuma are Premier League proven. I suppose if you're talking about young players, you're talking about like 24 and under uh, kind of players. If you're talking about youth players, we're talking like under 20, 20 year old and younger. So the young player bracket between 21 and 24, if you're going for them within the Premier League like Ben White, they do tend to cost quite a lot, as do Madison and Basuma. And so therefore, you can't get too many of those and you may have to balance it out with some from the continent who are going to be cheaper, like a Tavares, 21 year old, 8 million euros, that type of signing to balance the books and balance kind of the, the spreadsheet, I suppose. Uh, Mick Lucas says, "Morning, Tom. Near the end of June now. Are you worried? Nothing has happened yet. Uh, ask me in. Ask me a week after the end of the Euros if I'm worried. Then I'm. Then that's when I'm going to get worried. If Arsenal are not done really anything, which they haven't yet, uh, by the end, uh, by a week after the Euros completion, that's when I'll be worried. I do have a lot of theories around the Euros interrupting these deals and making it harder. Otherwise, we would probably would have seen Granite Xhaka leave by now." Um, so ask me a week after Euros, Mick, and then uh, and then we'll get uh, get you a better answer on that. Vijay says, if things don't work out, how long do you think Arteta should be given? Um, most likely 10 games, to be honest. 10, 10 games for me. Uh, Marla possibly says, Ingars, I have enjoyed watching Marla at, uh, at the Euros. I liked him when he was playing in Belgium. I've not seen a lot of him playing for Atalanta, but, you know, he's keeping other... Danish fullbacks like Christensen at the team. So you have to say that he must be doing a very good job for Atalanta. And uh, I know that they end up, they, they have a really good signing policy of late Atalanta. So they must have, have picked up a bit of a gem. But I've enjoyed him at the Euros. I like the fact he can play right wing back or left wing back or right back or left back. That's a really good kind of uh, trait to have. And he's impressed a hell of a lot. Uh, so we'll have to have a look into him a little bit more if Arsenal get linked to him, of course. 
Uh, Yonip says they started low uh, and we had Arsenal fans drooling over Ben Buendia. We did at the start of the window. It's very much we got built up and kind of, I certainly bought into the Buendia thing a hell of a lot and was very disappointed when it didn't happen. We'll have to wait and see what happens in the end. Tom says Xhaka might well be out of the Euros tonight, so let's see soon what kind of money we can make from his sale. Um, I imagine that if France do go through, which is, you know, I, I, part of me wants them to because I've got them in the sweepstake. The other half of me goes, well, it's easier for England to win it if France aren't in it. But, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, I'm torn. Abdul says, do you believe Arteta will get the sack if the season starts poorly? I feel like the first 10 games, as I said, are really key. Um, but that's for me. Whether the club actually do anything is another thing. We, we know they wait a hell of a lot longer than who anyone else would. Uh, Satvik says, what's the rule about homegrown players? Most of us have some idea about what's the exact number and how many do Arsenal have. So the actual homegrown rule dictates that you're allowed 17 of your 25-man uh, squad as non-homegrown. Arsenal currently have 17. Uh, no, sorry, that's wrong. They have 16 non-homegrown players because we actually moved on Mavropanos. Uh, of those, so when, when it comes down to people saying like we need to sign more homegrown players, there's not actually a quota of the amount of homegrown players that you must have. You are just not allowed to have more than 17 non-homegrown players. A lot of people think Tierney counts as homegrown. He doesn't. He's Scottish. It's, that doesn't, it's not a British thing. It is an English thing. The reason why Ramsey counts is because he spent uh, a certain amount of years in the English football system between certain ages, which means he counted, whereas Tierney didn't do that because he spent all of his youth playing in Scotland. You've got players like William Saliba and Gabriel Martinelli, both signed when they were 18, um, 17, 18 years of age. And so because they've been with Arsenal for three years after next season, they will then count as homegrown. So, so even though that Saliba's been on loan the whole time he's been here, because he's been at an English club and owned by an English club, he will still count as homegrown at the end of the, of the coming season. So that is a really big thing for Arsenal if they can keep hold of him and sort that situation out. So, yeah, as long as you have uh, 17 and under non-homegrown players in your registered squad, you're fine. Uh, the issue was last season is that we had 19, 20 non-homegrown players, so we had a bit of an issue in that one. Uh, Joe Bailey says, why are we spending 50 million on a centre-back and then being cheap with our right-back option? Basically, Joe, because there's not too many options out there at right-back for that amount of money. I mean, you, if you're looking at kind of options in that, price bracket there aren't actually too many whereas centre-backs there is loads and so I wouldn't be discouraged by the fact Arsenal are spending more on the centre-back area than they are on the right-back area the main question I would have is why they wouldn't go out and spend the money to get someone like uh, a, a Max Ahrens for instance who would cost you about 30 million but there aren't actually too many right-backs out there that's going to cost you that amount of money so that's why uh, you're you're seeing it in that sense uh, Dominic says, Tom, do you reckon, uh, sorry, just missed your comment. There we go. Do you reckon they will buy an experienced player as so far they are buying prospects? It does seem that there's very much a focus on getting kind of a young core of the squad, which is great. Like we want to see younger players come in, but we have lost some key experience heads. No matter what you think of the quality of players in regards to how they are on the pitch, Granite Xhaka, David Luiz and Hector Bellerin all look like they're gone or going are very, very important to the experience side of Arsenal's squad. And that, that for me, is, is a bit of a worry. So the fact that we're losing so many experienced players, we will wait and see. Scott McKenzie says, what are your thoughts on Mateus Pereira from West Brom? I like him. I'd be more than happy. 
to see Arsenal go out and sign a central attacking midfielder that scored 11 goals in the Premier League last season. Really good. Uh, Devin, thank you ever so much, mate, for your comment. Really appreciate it. Uh, Matt G says, how much do you think would Max Aarons, actually, or Aarons, I should say, go for? I think 30 million is probably the right kind of figure. Joshua says, Tom, are you not worried yet? No, because of the Euros. That's that's why I'm not worried at this state in time. Uh, Yours says, Tom, experience is an overrated factor, or rather bravery. I agree. I think experience is something that is really kind of put too much on, but it's still about finding the balance in your squad. Um, what are we going to do? What are we going to talk about for the last five minutes? Let's see if we can get a couple more of your questions and then we'll wrap up. Abdul says, do you believe... Arteta is the right man to lead Arsenal's next generation of youth talents coming through. I mean, what I said, I thought he should have gone at the end of last season. So, I mean, the obvious answer is for me to say, no, <laughs> he's not. But he's here. And so we've got to, we've got to see if it's going to work out. Drusy says, Tom, do you think that Vieira will be jealous when Lukonga uh, overtakes him in legend status? <laughs> Let's not overhype Lukonga too much until we actually, one, get the deal done, two, see how good he actually is. And then Deep says, Partey had an underwhelming season. With Xhaka leaving, isn't the midfield scenario worrying? No, not at all. He was affected by injury. And actually, when you look at Partey, his presence in the team, he was injured for the first half of the season. Awful form, second half of the season, was in the team, second in the form table. Really key part of Arsenal's structure and, and how good they are in, in their league game. So, no, I'm not worried whatsoever. Uh, D says, didn't we sign Mustafi off a good international tournament? Look how good that turned out. Uh, he played as mainly a fullback for Germany when he was at the World Cup and he won it. So, I don't think he was bought off the back of that. I think he was bought because they thought he was going to be a decent player and they just got it very, very wrong. Uh, Wang says, Pedro Gonçalves and Nuno Mendes for 60 million, take it or not. 100% take it, but I mean, you're not going to get either of them for that amount together. I mean, Nuno Mendes is going to end up going for like 40 plus on his own. I imagine Pedro Gonçalves will, will be very similar. So you'd be lucky to get those two for 60 million. Uh, Arsenal going for Bellotti, says Swapnil. Uh, I mean, that's the rumour coming out of Italian media, Calcio, saying that we're going for Bellotti. Interesting target. I'd rather see us go for an Andre Silva over Bellotti, but who knows? I'll make sure if there's more links, we'll get a tactical breakdown out on that guy. Uh, Drizzy says Partey and Basuma will be like two giraffes with spider legs running through the opposition's half. Um, <laughs> I mean, they are, Basuma and Partey have got that that engine and that tenacity that they can go um, and they add that physicality too and they're intelligent with their play. If you can if you can combine those two, that would be great. Um, that'd be absolutely brilliant. Uh, Dominic says, I am personally worried about the experience of our backline of Ben White signs, especially with Leno not being a leader of the backline. We'll have to wait and see. It depends on the type of right back that we go for. Ingar says, Tom, would you take Murnier at right back? He's 29 now but could do a job. He's under a long-term contract, I think, at Dortmund. So I'm not sure if it would make too much sense. I felt like we could have gone for him when he was at PSG. A lot of people turned their noses up at that deal when we were linked to it, um, which I think actually looks a little bit silly now, actually, because he you know, he, he looks like to turn into a very decent player and continued that fine form that he had at PSG in Germany. Uh, Vio says, Tom, could you do a top 10 alternative list of right backs? It's definitely on my list, but now we've been linked to all these names under the sun. We'll get out the tactical breakdowns first, but it's definitely something that we'll think about doing for sure. Uh, Wang says, would you take Graven Birch as number 10? I like Graven Birch more as kind of a number eight, to be honest, uh, rather than a number 10. Um, but I would take him, but I think he'd be exceptionally expensive. And I think there'd be a lot of other teams that are pushing 
to sign him. So there you go. Thank you ever so much for tuning in, guys. That's going to round off today's show. There's going to be, hopefully, two more shows for you today. Five o'clock, we'll have the Arsenal Transfer Podcast, joined by three of our members. If you'd like the chance to come on the show and join our podcast on a Monday slash Tuesday, you can do um, by joining up as a member, as an expert member, and you can join our Discord server, where I always open the invitation to our members to come on the show. I'm going to be joined by Vinny. I'm going to be joined um, by Ludwig, who is one of our newer members, making his debut, and Kian uh, as well. So three fantastic guys coming on the show a little bit later. I'll see you then. I will also try and get a dedicated tactical breakdown on Nuno Tavares out as well. See you again very, very soon, guys. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.